0: Hey everybody, this is Alex, and this is Lunchbox Radio. Now, before I get started, I just wanted to thank everybody who's been listening to podcasts podcast lately. If you have noticed that maybe the video versions haven't gone up for the last two episodes, that's because, A, I've been lazy, B, I've had a lot of polls on my time lately, so I um, wanted to... So I took a break from that slightly. I will upload those probably alongside this episode. And um, on that note, I want to get to what we're talking about today. And that subject is Eden Zero. i a not Those of you who listen to the Sunday edition um, Called Shonen Problems Which you can find in the feed Before this episode You've heard me talk about Eden Zero a little bit You've heard me talk about um, Hiro Mashima a little bit Some of this will be rehashed from that But a lot of it won't be So don't worry You're getting a whole new Like Moment of content So don't worry about that But On that note I'm going to hit the big uh, criticized Netflix drum here and I'm not going to hit it for what I usually hit it for because unlike much of the anime um, and this will, this will probably happen more and more as Netflix goes on in like the anime world and the anime niche market but um unlike much of the stuff that netflix licenses in licenses which is really what it's doing in terms of anime what the problem with Eden Zero is is that the hero Mashima thing and if you've ever seen a hero mashima show they all have a very specific look and feel but the good thing about them is that they're pretty non-time relational and what that means is that the um look and feel of the show doesn't feel like it is from a period of time so if you look at something like um kakigarui is actually a great example kakigarui has this look and feel that is unique in its own and can be watched at any point but if you Go back to it now. It probably feels like the time period it came out. It is probably, it is almost definitely taking a lot of cues from that kind of period of anime. This is um, this used to be a lot more um common with uh, shows and say the night, specifically the 90s, the, um, the 70s and 80s, but really. For someone my age I can look at an anime from the 90s And just like that from the 90s I From the coloring To the line work To the kind of um, Archetypes of characters they're using That is from the 90s That is a, like a 1995 ass show Um But or OVA But Hiromashima stuff Just doesn't it's got very sharp angles it feels very digitally produced which is a cool thing um it shares that actually with um shaman king it's got very like computer perfect um line art and stuff like that because a lot of it is done in the era of computers can do this now <laughs> but it also it also usually takes place in um in fantastical settings, like if you look at *Rave Master*, the world of *Rave Master* doesn't look a whole lot like ours. I mean, yeah, they still eat and drive cars and blah 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 blah, but they—the world doesn't play by the same rules. This is also true of all the fairy tale things. There are so many fairy tale things that you've never thought about or heard of before. Trust me, yeah, there just are. But Um, this is also true of Eden Zero. Eden Zero is very clearly a sci-fi, um, space adventure. It almost feels like a sci-fi variant of fairy tale. And that is mostly because of Hiro Mashima's Mashima-isms, so to speak. What I mean by that is... Hiro does some... Hiro Mashima does something very specific and unique to, um, his shows. Is he uses, um... Is he uses what's, what is referred to as a star system. And I've talked about this before. Um, but... A star system is basically... You aren't reusing whole characters and things. You're you reusing whole character designs as completely different things. So... Th- the best example and the kind of progenitor example by most people's estimation, although I'm sure like most things involving, um, like most things involving, uh, what's his face? The godfather, the considered godfather of anime, of modern anime. Um, uh, oh crap. Um, it, it's not, uh, Osamu Tezuka. It's not super, it, it, he may have come up with it. He may have just been the person to use it most successfully. But um, Osamu Tezuka used a star system throughout most of his work. The character designs that you see in, say, um, Metropolis and, say, something like um, Phoenix may be the same character design. And part of that use of a star system is to... ...diminished the amount of work he had to do, redesign, like, making new characters for new things... ...because he was, at some point, producing at such a rate, I'm not kidding... ...that he had his assistant hold the page for him as he walked... ...so he could draw and walk at the same time. I'm not kidding. There's actual video footage of that happening. Like, he, like, is drawing as he walks to a, to a town car, gets in the town car... Continue to draw. Gets out of the town car. Continue to draw as he's walking to wherever he's going. Um, and so that's one use of a star system. But what Hiro Mashima does with his star system is he like links everything together. And I said I would beat the drum against Netflix in a bit, but I I will get to that. I just want to get through. The kind of interesting things about this show first, because I want that to be kind of the back half, so to speak, because I think it's important and necessary, and I think that it should be the thing you take away about the experience of watching this show. With that said, the star system thing is something that Mashima is known for. He pulls characters forward from show to show. He, he will usually make a new star system character in whatever show he's in. If I had to guess, I would say it's the little pink android girl. Um, Whose name? I don't remember. Um, But basically, the story of um, uh, um, Pino. If I had to guess, the star system character for this show is actually Pino. Um, So the star system character that... Characters that you see most clearly in, um, I think, I think that the main character is supposed to be based off of Gray from Fairy Tale. But the characters that you see most clearly in, um, in this, is um, Lucy's character design is used for Rebecca, um, Ezra's, Scarlet's character design is used for, um, for. Um, and this is also a common thing with star system characters, is they also have this straight up the same initials or very close to the same um same name. So, um the character line that they use Scarlet for um Ezra Scarlet for is straight up um Elise Crimson which is just the most. And then Happy. Happy is just in this show. He is a robot who turns into dueling to dual pistols that shoot magic energy, basically? But what I found fun about the show is it has that same ever sprawling feeling that um, Fairy Tale had. And um, but the thing about Fairy Tale that was that was pretty difficult to deal with. At all points is fairy tale. Fairy tale one of those shows that doesn't start with like a core set of characters and introduce you to more, it's like something a la Naruto or even something a la Bleach, um, or even something like Dragon Ball Z. Dragon Ball Z, or Dragon Ball rather, starts with the core character of like Goku and Bulma and sometimes Yamcha. Ultimately, Krillin shows up, but. It expands out and it gives you more and more characters that within that world. And it's a way of expanding the world alongside expanding the scope of the show. And that's really what um, Eden Zero does really well. It introduces you to more and more characters as it wants to show you more and more about the world. And wants, and as it wants to show you more and more about what the world is about what the world is and how the world and how the world of Eden Zero or how the universe rather, um, of Eden Zero functions, but the universe of um, fairy tale starts with the fairy tale game guild and it starts with such a massive amount of characters that it's hard to focus in, and it it's hard to figure out like well, why did this character do this? Why did this character care? All this other stuff. So Eden Zero strips that away by having, like, a core set of, a small core set of three characters, and it expands slowly out from there, adding more and more and showing, and building the um cast over time instead of, um, building like instead of immediately showing you this massive cast that you just you can't really <laughs> um or almost immediately they don't show you much more than Natsu, Happy and um and Lucy for a while, but as soon as you get like one more cast member, you get like fifty more cast members in um Fairy Tale. But that's a pretty good there's a pretty good feeling way to handle it. Ravemaster Master did something similar. Um, but. The thing that. Eden Zero is doing. Is it has like. They need to go find this. Character mother. Who is this like. Galactus blue goddess lady. Uh, reminds me weirdly of. Um, Thanos but not really. And it's. Pretty clear that there's some connection between our main character um, Shiki and and the character of Mother, but you're not sure. And um, there's also it's pretty clear that there's something between the um, Shiki and his grandfather and mother, but you're not sure just yet. And it gives you just enough mystery where it's interesting. Also, it has this really cool, I forget what the exact power system is called, but um, some people come up with um, power with powers for their main characters, do it for specific reasons of they like the visual framing of the power or they like what the power means in terms of laying out a panel or mechanics in a fight and really 히로 does that for all of the above oftentimes so for example um natsu from fairy Tale, he has fi- i think it's called specifically fire magic and his deal is he eats fire and can use it as like a magical power he is basically like capable of eating a house fire and then using pyrokinesis to reproduce it and like punch somebody with a fire punch. Or something similar to that. Or like breathe fire, whatever. Um, but the like visuals of Natsu in fairy tale and the sound of Natsu in fairy tale eating flame is like always puts other, the other people in the fight off. They're always like, oh, oh no. He's just eating the fire. What do we do? <laughs> and the um kind of the musical undertones of um the main characters I forget the main character's name in Rave Master uh, of the main characters and the villains in Rave Master are very linked to like the early 2000s house and rave music scene that that show kind of sp- speaks to in a weird way but that leaves us with um, Eden Zero and what's the big deal with Eden Zero is Shiki's power is um gravity manipulation and he can manipulate the gravity of kind of as far as I've seen anything that he's touching and also himself so if he touches you he can like make you float but he can float Kind of free, f- free of um, free of consequences at any point. And what this means is that a fu- the way a fight looks like looks in Eden Zero is this massive, fast-paced, perspective-swinging, angle-swinging, cool thing, and it's a lot of fun to watch fights in Eden Zero for that reason because it's very much a cartoonist and this is um true of um King Crimson in Jojo's Bizarre Adventure I for the life of me for the life of me never understood why people couldn't get the concept of King Crimson through their skull as fans of animation and cartoons and comics because King Crimson Basically functions as a play on the concept of animation. He, the way I've heard it described is, he eliminates the space between the 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 in betweens of an action, meaning that you know that someone start that a fight started and you got a bruise, but you don't know who punched you. <laughs> Basically. And when you think about that in terms of animation, you understand that there's keyframes and there's scenes and at the lowest level, the lowest level, the like single drawings that like go together to make a walk cycle is in-betweens. And what King Crimson is essentially doing is he's eliminating the in-betweens or even the comic panels of the fight. So you only just wake up with a bruise. And, or with like a broken leg or whatever, and that's a really interesting like that's an animator or a cartoonist thinking about the medium and incorporating that into, um, into the story and the f- mechanics of the story and fight scenes and action scenes of that story, and that is really what Shiki's gravity ma- manipulation feels like they have another little thing to this that's really incredible so like i think it's like by the way spoiler alert from this point on um they have another little thing to the show that's um they have what's called a chronophage and chronophages are big scary ghost dragons that no one can control these things they just wander the universe and they eat the time of planets, which means let's say a chronophage shows up to Earth. It could eat 50 years off of Earth's like time. And what that means is it's the most recent 50 years. Anybody who was born in that last 50 years dies. Anybody who was who is like a totally different person reverts to who they were at that time b- before that previous 50 year span. That now no longer exists, and this in the show, I think it's like episode three or like four, like four or five, I think. They jump two thousand years in the future, and they have a moment, and they jump back to what you are, what you are presently dealing with. And what they reveal is is that these chronophages are wandering around. Basically redistributing and restarting the clocks on whole planets. The, the time clocks on whole planets. And what that means is, is if you're stuck on a planet and a chronophage eats it, and you could potentially just die. You could just die. And because if it eats two years, it, it, it's most likely fine. But if it eats a century you're fucked as a person and that results in a whole lot of interesting mechanics and a uncontrollable plot device that the author can throw at a situation to like end an arc really quickly to make it to to like make a clutch situation out of nowhere and that happens at the last arc that you see in the show, when um, when uh, Shiki is rescuing uh, not just um, Rebecca but all of these B tubers, and that's the other thing that's really interesting about this is in Raidmaster Mashima dealt with like a lot of music culture things kind of filtered through anime and specifically his style of anime and um what's called and manga but the but fairy tale is largely just about like a fan is a a high fantasy story that involves magic and like magic circles and all this and this whole power system of magic in that way Eden Zero has a proxy for YouTube in it. And it has proxies for YouTubers and YouTuber culture and, like, social media culture in it. And it's a really interesting way to think about it. Because Rebecca, the character who you see in, um, who, who's the, like, who's the female lead of this show, essentially... Is uh, until a certain point, a struggling YouTuber, like a YouTuber that doesn't, whose videos don't move much like mine. And then after a certain point, she happens to be in a moment where she filmed something that is like revolutionary. Everybody's like, she gets like 50, she gets like 50 billion subscribers in a day or something. And it's very... It's very true to how YouTube works. And it demonstrates this understanding of social media that you haven't seen in Mashima's work, at least that I've seen, so far. Which is really interesting. Now, I want to spend kind of the rest of this show, of this episode, dragging Netflix through the mud. Because and I've been thinking about this for a while and I might do a Sunday edition on this but um I'll just give I'll throw the concept out here um just so we have a framework for why I'm like for why this show in particular hits buttons that haven't been hit yet with Netflix and that is to be a fan of anime is to relentlessly season after season like over multiple seasons over multiple years over whatever show up in front of a usually streaming app and say take me to a new place take me to a new universe take me to a new galaxy tell me a story that is something that that may have been told before but not like this not in this way, not with these characters, it to be a fan of anime, to be a fan of not just world building, but universe building, to get, hold whole universes and whole whole worlds in like in your memory at the same time. How many people watching or listening to this? Have ever seen Dragon Ball Z and Naruto and hold those two things separately? There's a great, um, a great dumb meme that is like this hodgepodge of an anime character and it says, like, this is Naruto, he wants to be king of the pirates and he's the strongest fighter on earth. Where the, like the seven, the, the seven star call, cards of Shenron are found, and it's like all these very specific references to all these different anime that and it sounds like something a kid who, would try, who is trying to pass himself off as an anime fan would say, because he would have heard all these words, but had no context for what any of them mean. Or all these names and all these proper nouns, and have no context for what any of them mean. And the reason why I'm saying this is because something that, Mash- that, lo- that love or hate Mashima's style of storytelling that he does pretty damn well is he does something a very clearly on purpose and of his own volition that many popular shonen anime feel forced to do ultimately and that is that he leaves no stone unturned by the time you're done in a world or if he's leaving a stone unturned it's for the it's for the benefit of the story. So, in um, *Fairy Tale*, for example, all the dragons kind of mythically disappear at some point before the story starts. And one of the big, um, and actually, what Natsu uses is fire dragon magic, and he learned it from a from a fire dragon, and who was from what you can understand the closest thing he had to a parent and all the dragons disappeared and um, later you meet a, a bunch of other characters who were also raised by dragons and those dragons disappeared and I don't know if they've revealed what happened there yet I think they have but it's this conspicuous thing that like nobody knows about but it's ...pointed to and poked at... ...constantly throughout the show... ...and especially throughout a show... ...where all these other... ...odd questions about stuff... ...is getting answered. And... ...that is... ...very clearly on purpose. Whereas something like Naruto... ...Naruto ended up running for so... ...the original Naruto, not Boruto. Naruto ended up running for so long... ...that it... It had to answer questions like, you know, what does it look like to, like, eat ramen here? Or, you know, what is a village village functionally like? It had to make those story-building blocks because if it didn't, there would be no leg to support the main story. It had to be like, hey, there's an entire nation of just motherfucking badass, badass black ninja <laughs> that most people don't fuck with because they're badass black ninja why would you wish that upon yourself or like they and they do it if you notice in Naruto they do that stuff less in before Shippuden once they hit Naruto Shippuden they start getting into like the internal politics of the Sand village they start getting into all these very specific things in original just like white bread they were still kids naruto they're very clearly staying away from that stuff if you look at um the first big art the um naruto bridge arc they technically go to the hidden mist village But they don't... Like, you see none of that thing. You see very little of the Hidden Myths Village. Where you end up seeing the Hidden Myths Village, and where that village is expanded upon greatly, is actually in Boruto. And it was one of Boruto's few moments where they could have a conversation and have a real world-building moment that the original Naruto property just didn't do because it was not in a place yet where it needed to and it didn't go back there for a long time and really the way it went back there was for the um mizukage the um lady who like breath, who like spits acid or whatever but so mashima does these things with great joy and with great care he makes all these rules and he plays within these rules and he plays within these rules for huge periods of time. For massive, super long stretches. Like hundreds of episodes. So fairy Tale is stupid long. So is Ravemaster, quietly. I don't think the anime is as long as the manga, but I know the manga goes on for a while. There's tons of spin-offs of Fairy Tale. And because he spent so much time building those worlds out. That can all be supported by that stuff. But here's the problem. Netflix needs seasons. Netflix needs things to exist in seasons any way it can. Because what they need is they need a period of time when the show is on. And they need the show to go away until roughly that period of time next year. So they have you as a subscriber for two years solid. And the way it's always described to me, the way it's always been described to me is, they get they have one season to get you to sign up, and they have a second season to keep you signed up for two years, and then you're in you're in the system. You're most likely not going to leave because you'll find other stuff to watch along the way. And a that's why much of unless you're terrible like Iron Fist, much of what's on Netflix does get a second season. Because they need that second season as the, um, as the carrot on the stick to get you to the second year of subscription, of, of paying for Netflix. And that's all fine and dandy with, you know, people who sync seasonally, people who think in the new Shonen form. And I talked about this in, um, because I hadn't finished the show yet, but I had had the suspicion People sing in the kind of, like, new shonen form of something like My Hero Academia. That's fine. Because they will heart, they will cl- finish a season cleanly and start a season cleanly by challenging it with OVAs, basically. But with something like Hiromashima, who's really making shonen anime, and making really pretty fun, interesting shonen anime in the old style of... It starts and it never stops until done. That's a different thing because the way that he does it is he uses what I like to refer to as the initial D-Rickroll scenario, in that the last episode of a previous of the of the arc you're in is the first episode of the new arc. It is like it is not you picking another job from the job board in fairy tale it is um in eden zero the capital offender is they see like the the third um the third android who runs the um who runs the eden zero ship just hanging out in, in space, just hanging out just like being a sad girl on a floating statue and then you hear the music play and you, as someone who has seen Hiromashima stuff before, is like, This is the start of the Hermit arc. Let's go. But in Netflix, they cut that right there. And they're going to make you wait for a whole year. But what they're also going to make you do is they're going to make you. They're going to make that. Flow. They're going to break that flow up intentionally. And that's not. That's not the point. The point. So there are different different ways I like to think about anime timelines. Um, something like um, something like, uh, say, um, Pokemon, for example. You're coming in <laughs> on different day, on different days, like on like random days in the Pokemon universe, and you're seeing what they're doing that day. In something like Eden Zero, in something like Naruto, in all of these very specific things, every time you see an episode, you're seeing like a consecutive day count. You're not missing time in between, generally speaking. Um, and to break that kind of flow, to break that kind of feeling for a show really screws with the pacing in someone's head of it. And what that makes, what that actually makes, um, what that actually makes everybody do is want to wait until the second season before they, um, before they even start watching it. Because they know that that structure will be broken and the way that Machima thing is written is not in seasons, it is in arcs and it is... All the arcs lead into one another, much the same way that initial D's episodes were. Only half of the episode is a um like useful thing. The rest of it is hidden in the next episode, and you are rickrolled half episode by half episode into each half hour, twenty minute chunk, and you end up like being in that mindset and being kind of constantly rickrolled through all four stages of goddamn initial B until you get snapped out of the initial D coma it's bananas i promise but that's really what what so bugged me about um what so bugged me about and what my initial suspicion the initial reason i didn't watch for a couple weeks Eden Zero. It's because I look at it and I'm like this is very clearly a Hiromashima show. It, it's got his whole star system in it. It's like the the characters look like the, the thing. I refuse to believe that they are going to start and resolve this whole thing based on what I can see of it and what I've heard about it in 12 episodes. 12 episodes is like nothing in a show like Fairy Tale or a show even like Ravemaster. Master, I, how could it possibly be a full experience of a thing in um in Eden Zero? And the The big the like worst part of it is, is that there are some arcs in Something like fairy tale, it take more than twelve episodes. So they, so what they are doing as a as a like delivery content delivery service is they're chopping this thing, this massive thing up in twelve episode chunks. That's gonna fuck up a lot of shit. <laughs> it's gonna fuck up a lot of flows of story, and it sucks for people who like this show or even people like me who find. Stuff that this show was doing interesting, or at very least like fun, and they're like, ah, I'm, I'm home with Hiro Mashima kind of way. That they have to wait for it because a lot of the way that, um, Raidmaster before it and Fairy Tail achieved their massive fan bases and then, like the people who love those shows, is they were just constantly on Fairy Tail. Occasionally took a break, but not that often. <laughs> Certainly not as often as something like My Hero. And you don't have to have this like weird hype cycle where you keep yourself hyped for like the break in between seasons with something like Fairy Tail. You just kind of watch Fairy Tail. <laughs> and it sucks that that's not available for somebody who watched Eden and was like, I, I love this, where's the rest? Well, you can you can go to, you can go lead the manga. Cause that's the way you're gonna get this. Um, and on that note, if you like this show, you can subscribe on both YouTube and wherever you get your podcast. I have been Alex. This has been um, Lunchbox Radio, and I will talk to you on Sunday. Ooh. God. Fuck. i got to go over there. i I gonna lie the fuck down for 10 minutes. Cause I'm goddamn exhausted, Shannon. Seriously, let's go lie down for two minutes. <laughs> oh, jeez, really?